the Passion of Our Lord, from St. Mark's Gospel, the 14th chapter. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, elders, and teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this man-made temple, and in three days will build another not made by man. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy! And the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you are talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, She said to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself and swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him before the rooster crows twice. You will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Dear brothers and sisters in Jesus, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
and the Holy Spirit who has brought us together this evening hour. Amen. Two passages serve as a basis for tonight's meditation, Christ's wounded back. The first is Isaiah 53, verses 5 to 6. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then the second text from Matthew chapter 27, verse 26. Then Pilate released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. A man broke under his burdens. There was something that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't know how many of you have seen, but I have seen it several times, the movie John Q. It's about a man who has nowhere to go. John Quincy Archibald was watching his son, Michael, play baseball. And as Michael hit the ball and was rounding first base to go to second, all of a sudden he grabbed his chest and he collapsed. They raced him to the hospital. And after tests, John and his wife, Denise, found out their son needed a heart transplant. Now, John was gainfully employed, but the medical insurance coverage that he had would not cover a transplant for his son. What are you going to do? He worked gobs of overtime. They had sales. They tried everything they could think of, yet they couldn't amass the money that was necessary for his son to have a transplant. Michael was in the hospital, but then, when the money was not forthcoming, they were going to send him home. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. John walked into the emergency room and took the medical staff and patients hostage. You've probably never been where John Q was. Nevertheless, we have our own burdens. You have felt that straw that broke the camel's back. You've been at that place where bad news just keeps on coming and you have nowhere to turn or to go. Burdens just seem like they crawl into our lives and end up on our back. Some burdens we drag around, and other burdens we don't need to carry around, and some we have no choice about them. In the midst of all of this, we look for approval. Compliments in burden-bearing are helpful, but when there's criticism that's directed our way, it's tough, especially for someone we respect. And so we try hard to please the people around us. 
For some, it's trying to bring home a good hunk of a paycheck so the family can have the best clothes, have high-speed internet, have all the latest of digital devices, all to go and make it good and make us loved. What kind of burdens do you have? Are you living under the burden of trying to impress your friends? Are you living under the burden that you're trying to do anything possible to keep peace in your house? Do you have the burden of trying to make it to the next paycheck or the next meal? Do you have the burden of medical problems and they ain't going away? Do you have the burden and the memory of a loved one who has died and there's a stark emptiness, this hole in our lives and in our hearts? We feel the pressure in many areas of our lives, like straws on the back of a camel. Those burdens will eventually break if you try to carry them yourself. Those burdens, either directly or indirectly, are a result of sin entering this world. And with sin comes guilt and all of its ugliness. As Roger Sitzma wrote, Before the police officer pulled me over, my conscience already had given me a ticket. I was guilty. But when the siren screamed, my sin to the world, I felt ashamed. My guilt was about breaking the law. My shame was being exposed as a moral failure. Guilt and shame accompany all sin. Like the Apostle Paul, we know that the whole creation has been groaning together as in pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves groan inwardly as we wait for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Burdens are exactly that. Burdens. Burdens don't help you to carry them, do they? Burdens don't make life easier. You can drag them along until you can drag them no longer. Burdens are burdens. What's even worse is that when we're supposed to be good and become because of obligations that feel like burdens, what's guaranteed in this life is that you will always feel pressure from someone, somehow, to be or do something. And no matter how strong a camel you are, you're eventually going to hit that straw that breaks the camel's back. No one can bear the burden of sin. It crushes you. It kills you. And we as Christians bear the burden of the old Adam. As the Apostle Paul lamented, the good I want to do, I don't do. 
the evil I want to avoid, that's what I end up doing. What a mess I am. What a wretched man am I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Well, there is one who's carried that body of death for you and for me. It's Jesus. He knows what burdens are like. He came into a world full of people with burdens. Everywhere he went, people flocked to see him. Some came to hear the message he spoke. However, the fact is that many came simply to have him fix their problems and weaknesses and injuries. He had the burden of always being on call for help to whoever ran up to him, whenever they ran up to him. He had the burden of being hated for the work he was doing and the burden of the agonizing death he would have to suffer. On top of this, not only does Jesus know your burdens, they were put on him. That's what the prophet Isaiah wrote. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Or as we sing in the hymn, How Great Thou Art, that on the cross my burden gladly sharing and bearing. Jesus' back bore the punishment for our burdens. As we read and have been reading the passion of our Lord in these midweek Lenten services, they have been coming from St. Mark's Gospel. Before they put nails through his hands and his feet, they whipped his back with a scourge. And many of you know what that's like. Thongs on the stick, and at the end of those, something nice and sharp, so that when you're struck by it, you're lacerated. And they whipped the back of Jesus. The Gospels don't tell us how many times he was struck, but then after he was done, and they put that cloak back on his back, Then he had the cross put on top of him. And he had to carry it to the place of his execution. And then before the eyes of all, he was nailed to the cross with his back against that wood. And oh, that would hurt because the way you can make it handle it a little bit better would be to go and arch your back across the, against the cross and that by thereby breathing would be a little bit easier for you. There, Jesus was suffering for every burden that we should drop. Suffering for dropping the burdens we should have been carrying and for every burden that we'd rather drop but can't. As we heard Isaiah say, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we're healed. Yes, there on the cross, Jesus, our burdens gladly bearing.
and then he died. And they put his body in a tomb and rolled a stone over the entrance. Jesus died bearing our burdens. Jesus died under our burdens, but he didn't stay there under those burdens. As we confess on the creed, in the creed, on the third day he rose again from the dead, leaving that tomb empty, he, for he came into this world to free us from our burdens and free us from the burdens that weigh us down in this life. And then we hear from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed in a long robe with a golden sash around his chest. Now his back is covered with a white robe that goes all the way down to his feet. Once he was put to death, but now he's risen and glorified. And through baptism and you being united with Christ's death and resurrection, by the burden on his back, you are free. By the wounds on his back, by his life, death, and resurrection, You're healed. Your sins are gone. You have peace with God. So may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.